Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. solo tonight. Um, my co-host Heidi, she had some very important family stuff that she had to take care of, so she can't be with us tonight, but she will be back next week. I may be, oh, I may not be here next week. i um, having a little heart procedure tomorrow. Not to worry, nothing major. Um, I had a bunch of heart surgeries a number of years ago, and now they're removing my heart monitor because I is all good now. So that's actually a good thing, but I'll be out of commission. I don't know if I'll be out of commission and miss next week's episode, but there's a good chance that I might. So just want to give you guys a little update on that. Thank you guys for bearing with us last week. Um, We took a week off as we posted on social media. Some of you may have heard that we uh, needed a much mental health break, and it was true. You know, everybody talks about self-care, but sometimes you forget to put yourself on your own self-care list because you're trying to help people meet their self-care needs. So Heidi and I said, you know what? Had a lot of stuff going on, and so we said, let's take a week off, but hopefully you guys enjoyed one of our oldie but goodie episodes um, about being assertively vulnerable. It's one of my favorites. It's one that I talk to people all the time about in my professional life, so hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that. So for today's topic, um, I want to start off, first of all, by thanking our sponsor, one hand Contacts. They're always getting our back, and they're getting your eyes right, so hit them up if you guys need any contacts. But their community sponsor and they just really help us to be able to reach out to all the people in the community and just do this podcast. We want to give a big shout out and thank you to them. Um, oh yeah. And before I start the podcast, I want to share something else too. For those of you who may follow me on Instagram or Facebook, I thank you so much for following me. I'm not the most exciting person to follow. I rarely post. Um, I just want to give you a little heads up. If you send me any messages or direct messages, private messages from here on out, Um, I will not see them because I decided to deactivate um, both my social media accounts. I was only active on Instagram and Facebook and really only Instagram. I I wasn't checking my Facebook that regularly. Um, And I'm not taking some big stand and saying uh, it's not like a Facebook fast or a social media fast. It's actually because um, I have to take care of my mental health and I find myself... I'm getting a lot of messages, um, sometimes from listeners, but a lot of times it could be from personal friends, uh, former clients that uh, message me on social media. I'll find these messages weeks afterwards because I'm horrible at checking the messages. Or um, I just get long, heartfelt messages, and I'm so thankful for these messages, but it's kind of like a a double-edged sword because if one or two people sent them to me, it'd probably be easier for me to respond. But... um, and I'm not saying this in a bragging way, in no sense of, the, of my imagination, my bragging about this, but I get lots of messages from lots of parents with heart-wrenching situations and stories, and it does break my heart. It legitimately weighs me down, and I'm heavy uh, because of that, but I'm mostly struggling with it because I can't do anything. Um, I, 
I mean, I, I only see a, you know, a certain amount of people each week. And a lot of those people, I don't have a high turnover of clients. Some of my clients I've been with, or they've been with me for a long time. And if I do take on a new client, it's like, I'll have a hundred requests from people. And, you know, I think last year I might've taken on two or three clients in the whole entire year. Um, and in the year I had hundreds, but I'm talking about just in the past couple months of the quarantine, I had at least a hundred requests. It breaks my heart when I get to tell people no. So somewhat selfishly, I had to deactivate my accounts because it just breaks my heart. So I just want to let you guys know, by no means was anyone ever bothering me. If you've ever listened, if you've ever sent me a message, you've never bothered me. If I haven't responded back, it wasn't because I didn't want to. Sometimes I just don't see them. Or sometimes I, you know, I have other people just tell me, hey, listen, don't respond to that because I'm trying to help out people that I'm currently um, seeing in my private practice. So just want to give you guys a heads up. It's probably not that big of a deal. I think most of you guys know that I'm not super active on social media and that's partly the reason because uh, I just, it's, it's hard to tell moms and parents that are struggling and their kids and families are struggling, especially when you guys listen to the podcast. Many of you feel like you know me personally because you do. And I feel the same way about people that I follow on the podcast and I'm fans of. I feel like we just are best friends that just never had lunch yet together. So I appreciate the love and support from everybody. Um, and I also appreciate your, your vote of confidence to think I could be a person to help you and your family. If I ever am like say in need of new clients or if, if I'm ever at a point where I'm like, All right, I'm gonna take a handful of clients. I, I may just share that on the podcast and then have you guys email us in. But as of right now, um, finding people that need help is not, unfortunately, it's, it's not um, a challenge right now. Helping other people, like other therapists, other you know coaches, um, in the future is, is a goal of mine to train other people or to at least give them some information I've learned throughout the years. So that's a goal that I can um, that I can in the future commit to and let you guys know that I'll be training other people so that they can have a little of my style, at least a little bit of my information to add to all their other experiences and and their style of counseling or coaching, whatever they may do. So. Anyways, that's all I'll say about that. But thanks again for everyone who follows me. But just don't be surprised if you go to check my account. There's there's nothing there because I'm deactivating it as of today. I already did it. So moving on. Um, today is um, a conversation that uh, I've had many times with families. And something just brought this up in my mind. So I want to share this with you guys for a few minutes. I call it the 50-50. So and what that means is it's a 50-50 conversation. Oftentimes, I will tell parents that when their child is struggling with something like, for example, they experimented with drugs. A lot of times parents will tell their children, they'll, they'll preach from the mountaintops, tell their kids all the different challenges and potential pitfalls that can come from them doing drugs. And sometimes one of the parents also would have, like also has had a history with drugs. Maybe they've tried it. Maybe they really got hooked on it. Maybe they struggled with this in the past. And the reason why I call this 50 50 is because there's usually half of a parent that says, man, I wish I could tell my kids my own personal struggles or my own experiences, because I think it would help them relate to me more, help them see that they're not a horrible, bad person. Like look at me, like I turned out pretty good and I'd went through those things and I think that'd be great for them. But then the other half of me says, Oh, if I tell them I went through those things and I've turned out to be a good person, it may give them permission. And they may think things like, well, gosh, if mom or dad struggled with those things, then 
and they're okay, then it's okay for me to do it. So parents struggle with this. I don't want to glorify it. I don't want to give my kids permission to do drugs. Um, this could be with mental health. Maybe uh, one of the parents has struggled with some psychological, emotional difficulties, like let's say depression. And the parent is telling the child all the things that they need to do so that they're not depressed or so they get out of depression. And then the parent warns them and warns them and, and might even say things like, hey, I, I know what it's like. You know, I, I know it can be re really tough, so you just need to stop doing it. In that situation, there's usually a part of the parent that really wants to confess, that really wants to confide in their child, but they're fearful of, you know, be taken the wrong way, like I said. And they're also fearful of, you know, is this something that might be too early of a discussion? Is this something that I might be telling this to my child too soon and it, it could change their trajectory of, of, you know, of their life? So I wanted to share with you guys, and I'm going to share with you guys right now, um, some of my thoughts on this topic. Because in today's world, there's a lot of things to be worried about as from a parent to your child or your kids. And if you, parents listening to this, or like most parents, you've had more than your fair share of life experiences. Some of you guys may have some pretty intense, crazy stories and dodged some bullets in your life and, and you know gotten some really bad situations and have gotten out of it or maybe you're still trying to get out of it other parents may as I've had parents tell me before like I'm boring I've never had any major issues well just because you haven't had major issues doesn't mean that you don't know what it feels like to have insecurities to make mistakes to be embarrassed to do something that could tarnish your reputation and and lose friends and and so on and so forth so my my suggestion is when in doubt confess it out now Based upon your child's age, though, that's the biggest determining factor of how much you share. So sometimes I tell parents, hey, you know, you need to be vulnerable with your kid. You need to share with your kid that the reason why you're concerned about, let's say the kid's struggle is depression and the parent has struggled with depression. Usually parents will confide in me and tell me all the things that they've struggled with, but then share that they're scared to get too much detail in with their child. So I say, okay, well, you don't have to tell them everything at once. Do a little bit of a heat check. So if you're a parent out there that struggles with depression and maybe your kid's not full-blown depressed, maybe they haven't been diagnosed, but they're showing a lot of the attributes and characteristics that you have or that you're fearful that if they don't get some help or change that, that they're going to go down a similar path. In that scenario, in that situation, I want you to do a little heat check. But a heat check is just to te check the temperature of how they would respond to information. So if you, if any of you have been to any of my light the fights or Heidi and I's light the fight uh, parent workshops, I have this thing I call um, a white lie is better than the red truth. So some parents, for good reason, for the reasons I mentioned, are scared to say too much bold direct truth, especially if it's to a younger kid or to a kid that you, you know you're not, you don't want to send the wrong message. So you might start off by saying, "Hey, listen, someone very, very, very close to me." in my life has struggled with depression. Now, if you can harness the emotion from your own personal struggle and you know this person is you that you're speaking about, you can speak in the third person and say, this person, let's say you'd lost a job or lost a relationship and um, you know it really damaged you and you feel that depression was a big player of that. You weren't on time to your job or you didn't show up to the relationship and care for the person they wanted 
that, that wanted your love. You can say this person hurt so bad they lost a relationship. Someone broke up with them or they lost a job because they couldn't get out of bed in the morning. If you can imagine speaking about your former self, so maybe it was 10 years in, in, in the past where you struggled and lost that job. Maybe it was six months ago. Well, if you can speak about that person, and I'm doing air quotes right here, this imaginary person, friend close to you, but if you can speak with it with the intensity and the emotion of if you're bearing your own confession to your child and like saying it like, hey, this is me that I show with it. If you can harness that type of energy, they will feel how personal this is, even if you're not saying it was actually you. Now, a couple pointers this. You don't want to be long-winded. You don't want to give them this long made-up story because the longer the story is, the more likely that they're not going to believe it. So let me give you just using that depression thing. If you were to say someone very close to me lost their job, screwed up relationships, and was practically homeless because of depression. You sit there for a moment and you're feeling this pain. You're, you're imagining that circumstance and the scenario that you went through and you're feeling it and you're harnessing it. At that time, imagine your kid in this scenario looking at you really curious going, why is my mom or dad or whoever it is that's sharing this, why are they so emotional right now talking about the story? Something doesn't match up with what they're saying, but your child is extraordinarily curious because you're not preaching to them. You're not telling them of the pitfalls of depression. You're confessing that you've been affected personally by depression. That is a great way to do a heat check, to test the temperature, to see if they're warm for a conversation about depression, but not a conversation where you're a medical or psychological professional talking about it. You're a religious leader talking about it. You're a public service announcement telling about the harmful effects of depression. Most kids that are over the age of 10, 12 years old have an idea what it is or have heard it talked about before. So they're going to know what you're talking about. But if you start off with someone very, very close to me and you harness those emotions and if you get tearful, if you, know, if you start thinking about your past, and the struggles you went through, it's only going to lend itself to this, this uh, um, statement that you're making. And the statement that you're making is that you're not trying to tell them that they're wrong for being depressed. You're not trying to tell them that something's wrong with them because they're showing depression or that they having, they're having some of the symptoms. What you're telling them is that you can personally relate. Curiosity is extraordinarily powerful as a motivating tool for young people to learn and to be motivated. The young people that I know they may not want to go outside sometimes. They, they may be, you know, they may have gotten in some bad habits in the quarantine and just going in the corner and playing video games and doing their thing. But it's curiosity of what's going on outside in the real world. What are my friends doing? What am I missing out on? What happened last Saturday when everybody got together in a, in a movie night at a park, you know, um, social distancing, of course. But, but, you know, these types of things during the summer, you know, it makes kids peek their head out of behind the shadows and wonder what's going on. Well, that curiosity can be a great motivator for them to try things and to do things and to talk about things that they didn't actually plan or think they were going to do. 
So if you could make those bold statements and tell your young ones um, that you're very personally affected by it without preaching to them or trying to teach them what to be fearful of or what not to do, that is a great first step. Now, if that goes well and they're a little curious, in that conversation, you could confess that that person is you. Teenagers love surprises if it is a surprise that doesn't mean that, surprise, you're grounded. Or, surprise, I'm not going to give you the money that you're asking for. They like surprises that come from people that had experiences that they didn't anticipate. Now, let's say that time in the conversation that you're confessing this or being vulnerable with your kid, maybe it's just not the right time. And and like I said, since you don't want to talk too long about this, if, if you just drop that seed for a little bit and you walk away from it. When another time comes up and, and you feel the need to share with your kids you're worried about them. Now, parents out there listening, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know that if you over-talk something and if you preach too much that everyone, anyone would drown you out, like not listen to you. So most parents tell me like they talk a little bit and then they back off and then something will happen that causes them to be worried or even scared or angry at their kid because their depression or they're experimenting with vaping or drugs is, is just too much for the parent to handle at that moment. That's when you go back and instead of saying, you know, I, I want to tell you the same thing I told you before and I'm going to talk to you about it for two hours so I, I just flood you with all this stuff that you don't want to hear. Instead of doing that, go to them and say, hey, remember when I told you that I personally had a friend that struggled with depression? Well, I want to tell you, instead of preaching to you right now that you need to talk to someone, you need to get some help, um, I want to tell you that person was me. Like you, I was worried how other people would think if I admitted that I had these struggles. I don't want you to think differently of me. I don't want you to not respect me and see me as flawed. But I think I need to be honest with you. This is something I personally went through. And instead of preaching to you, I'm just going to share it with you. Now, time out for a second. That doesn't mean that you can't tell them that you want them to see a counselor or Whatever it is that in your scenario you have an idea that you're trying to push to get them to do to get them help. But what it does mean is that you are leading them to help instead of pushing them to help. Trying to trick them or manipulate them to want help. Most people go to counseling. Most people work on self and get you know, some sort of self-progression. Whether it be psychologically, mentally, emotionally, or physically because someone else gave them the referral. Someone else went with them. Someone else experienced it and then told them that their experience was good. All the people who come to me throughout the years have always been someone else that I've helped. They were sharing it. And this happens with teenagers all the time and kids all the time. They'll be with their friends and then they'll say, yeah, I go to counseling. And their friend's like, what? You go to counseling? They're like, yeah. You know, my counselor's helped me out. It's been a great you know, situation. It wasn't what I thought it'd be. And then the friend who's also going through struggles is like, wow, I would have never known that you went through something like that. I thought you had a perfect life. And the person I'm counseling, ha ha, they get a good laugh out of it. And they go, no. And then all of a sudden the kid's really curious and says, really? You went through counseling? Go, yeah. One thing leads to another, bada boom, bada bing. The friend who is curious then gets the referral and says, hey, would you mind giving me your counselor's number? Or do you think they'd want to talk to me? And sometimes this happens with parents. Parents will be talking to other parents and one thing leads to another parent makes a bold statement and says yeah we've gotten help and because this helped it's changed our situation and then the other parents like wow like 
wow, you guys got help and wow, it helped you. And wow, I didn't think you had challenges like that. Huh, maybe I should stop thinking about getting my child or myself help. Maybe I should do it. These conversations with people that we trust are really the best way to help the people that we love. But if the people in our lives, like let's say you're a parent and your teenager that you love is resistant to your offering help, maybe it's best to offer your own personal experience and then tell them that, you know, maybe you still need some help. Maybe them going to counseling could be something that could help you be a better parent because like most counselors, if they're seeing a teenager, they're going to need to talk to the parent too. Offering something that, you know, you weren't necessarily planning on doing, but if it would help your, your teenager, your kid, whoever it may be, that you're willing to double down and, and do something difficult for you to hopefully help them. Everyone loves to have someone else go through a hard time with them. For parents, it'd be so easy for us to tell our kids, take some bold, brave steps. You got this, and I'll be there every step of the way. But it's a lot more of a commitment and states a lot more and it means more to someone when you tell them that you've struggled or you are struggling and that by them getting help in whatever way may be, I'm just using depression example, but whatever help that they get, that's going to inspire you to get help in whatever category in your life that you've been avoiding or maybe you've just put off for a while. So I call it 50-50 because it's, it's a really difficult decision. Do I share? Do I not share? I always say err on the side of the relationship. And everything I've ever learned about relationships is the closer relationship in your life that you have with someone, those relationships were forged off of someone being vulnerable, someone sharing something, just like last week's episode, Assertive Vulnerability, someone going first. If you go first and you tell your personal struggles, not like brush over them like, yeah, well, I struggled depression too, you know, and I got out of it, so you'll be fine. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, you know what? I'm a hypocrite to tell you, if I'm a parent saying this to my kid, I'm a hypocrite technically to tell you that you know, you need to take your mental health seriously and, and do those things because I don't always do it for myself. And then confess something that your kids would have never thought about you. And then you even tell them because a lot of parents are worried that this will be used against them. If you tell your kid, listen, I shared this with you personally. I would hope that you don't share this with the world. Um, but I'm telling you right now, like, if if you share this with other people and you, you talk about this personal stuff uh, with other people, you know, that's your choice. I would just ask you that you don't because I, like other, everyone else, I don't want people to see me as a weak person. But I'm telling you these things because I, I trust that you'll respect me and not use it against me in the future. That's a very important thing to add. If you tell someone that you realize you're running a risk of them using this as an excuse to... Um, to have struggles or an excuse not to do things themselves, just say it. Say, I know you could use this as an excuse. I hope that you don't, but I think it's more important to be honest with you and be real with you. Teenagers and kids nowadays need more than ever the truth. And I don't suggest that we wait as parents for our kids to learn from the world or to try to decipher from the world what the truth is. I don't know about most of you out there, but I think sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the truth is getting harder to determine nowadays. There's a lot of conflicting viewpoints and, and research and 
and information out there. But I believe the people that I'm closest to, when they tell me truth from their own personal experiences, it's easier for me to believe. When they tell me truth of something that they read, something that they heard online, something that they heard strictly from a podcast, but I have no personal experience with that podcast or that thing that they read online, it's harder for me to believe the truth. But if someone like just testifies and confesses something of their own personal experience that that's a truth and that that's something that they struggled with and went through, well, I'm more likely to listen and I'm definitely more likely to allow that to have change and affect me and teenagers and kids are no different. So I wanted you guys to take that little bit of information and hopefully that falls on your ears gently and softly and, and sparks some sort of thought uh, provoking ideas for you and gives you a couple basic steps of how to approach those difficult conversations. Because maybe you, you wanted to say something to your kid a couple years ago, but you're like, oh, the time's not right, they're too young. Well, if that was a while ago and they're older now, maybe you might want to do a little heat check and try just throw something out there and see what type of conversation that starts. Your kids every single day are uploading different information, and just because a year or two ago they weren't old enough or mature enough to handle certain content or to hear certain things doesn't mean that they can't handle it now. And... I believe it's really like a five or six year rule, meaning when we were 18 years old, most parents were exposed to a certain amount of information around the 18 year old range when you graduated from high school. Now that information is ready and available for kids as early as 12 and 13 years old. Now they may not understand the intricate details of the information, but they're hearing about it. They're hearing about everything that's happening in our society right now. They're hearing about you know drugs and pornography and vaping and blah, blah, blah. you name it they're hearing about it much more readily and much easier um, to them through whether it be social media or just the internet in general they're hearing about it at a very very young age and in some cases it's more like seven eight nine years earlier than we were um, uh, introduced information at 18 years old so take that information hopefully that helps you guys out uh, thanks, as always, for uh, being a listener of Light the Fight. Thanks for following us on social media. Um, and until next time, like Heidi always says, thank you for helping us to light the fight.